A school teacher is found raped and murdered in her own apartment. Is did she is is she sleeping with her own students or is it something else? This is Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast. What's up, man? This is uh, Twisted, a Lorinor SVU podcast, exclusively on Spotify. Yeah, this is Brian Rose, but you can call me BD Rose. And Twisted SVU broadcast, so we're going to go through episode by episode of um, Law & Order SVU, starting from the first episode. And... On my shoulder, we're not. I'm not going to be doing select episodes, so um, we're going to be doing it in chronological order and broadcast order, right? Starting from the first episode, so um, we're just going to go straight forward from episode one to like 500, something like that. So we are on episode 34 right now. So um, now. So all I want to do right now is on this sh- on my p- p- podcast though, I'm going to be going through CVIC and commentary and based on my experiences and all that stuff though, and um, we're going to be having a little bit of fun also. You know, I may have a little bit of humor though. So um, anyway, you know, I had a busy week so far, but I mean, um, let's not get to it though. Let me give you some Law and Order news. All right, you know, you heard that uh, NBC is reviving the original Law and Order, and they're gonna start from season twenty-one. It's a shame how they did that damn network try to cancel the show in the first place. I mean, they were this close into breaking a record, but you know what happened? Low ratings and the no big stars. I mean, they sealed their fate though. So NBC is reviving the show. It's like an apology and all that stuff though. Pick up where we left off and all that stuff though. So anyway. I got some news. They, they they found a new lead for the revival. And I'm going to give you the hint. He was on burn notice. And if you guess it was Jeffrey Donovan, you're absolutely right. So the good news is that he's good. He's, he's cast as a lead role in the Law & Order revival. And he's going to be playing a detective. You know, being very noticed, you know, he be narrating a story about Miami. It's, it's, it's hot, and hot in Miami and tell you that the alligators and all that stuff. I mean, he's like some kind of played a cop or some shit. I don't know. Or private investigator and all that stuff, though. So, I mean, they finally found the one. I mean, um, he's going to be playing like a, a on the law and order. He's going to be playing a new character and also I mean, he's new to the universe. So they're in talks of bringing in like um, a couple of original cast members like Sam Watterson or Anthony Anderson to bring him back on the show, though. It's like to pick up where they left off. But I mean, the Law and Order they found the uh, they found a new lead character and it's new to the Law and Order universe and stuff like that for season twenty one. So they're not sure when they're gonna put that back on the air. So they just get the first start and all that stuff, though. And I also want to let you know, I got some more Lord of Order news to tell you about, though. 
I read it in the um, Hollywood Reporter is saying that um, oh oh you know that after playing Joe Velasco, I just found out well, I was watching um the latest episode of SVU earlier like like yesterday. Turns out that they added Detective Joe Velasco to the credits, and um, and yeah, Joe Velasco. I mean. I have mixed feelings about this Velasco character. I mean, why he show up in the credits like a few weeks later after he made his appearance at the Undercover Cop, being McGrath's bowl and stuff like that? Though I mean, it, it's messed up that they get rid. They had to get rid of these two main characters on SVU. You know the, um, you know the, you know the, um, um, the, um I figure I forgive the Arabian chick and um, the brother of Chief Garland, the black dude, right? So. This detective cat, right? She represents LGBTQ XYZ or something like that, and that's and then Garland he represents the black, you know, uh, black commissioner or something like that. I mean, you have to give her two people of color and replace him with Detective Velasco. Is he the Latino or white? I don't know, but I heard one sister saying that she doesn't even like the opening, the adding the, the Detective Velasco to the cast, but. I read earlier saying that that the actor who played Velasco was going to be a series regular. And I know the guy's name is Octavio Pizano or something like that, though. So, I mean, listen, viewers, I mean, do you think that you, regret, you think that um, Commissioner Garland would stay on the show? I mean, that's messed up. And then they had to get rid of him. I mean, it wasn't his decision to leave the show. It was the producers that Dick Wolf wore saying, no, no, no. I would say is, um. This Dick Booth, that's his new name, Dick Booth. I mean, you had to get rid of these two important characters. Now you deal, and then yeah, deal with this guy. That's like racism all over. I mean, what what is going on here? You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is though. So I mean, that's why I let you know. We gotta see how that Velasco guy turns out. I mean, they added him to the credits. What if they're gonna keep? The new police commissioner on there. I don't know what it is, though. And um, we'll see about that, though. So, anyway, before I have to get to the episode, though, it's going to be a little titillating. And um, I just want to let you know that this isn't a family show, right? This is for adults only. So, you're going to be hearing audio clips that some of you might feel uncomfortable with or not. Or feel... Or not. So... So it's going to be just brief, brief because this story is all about sex, but this is SVU, so we got to deal with, with the twists and the turns and stuff like that. So let's get to the episode. All right, all right, all right. This is Law and Order, Season 2, Episode 14, Secrets. And it aired on NBC on February 2nd, 2001. And this episode is um, written by Jonathan Green and Robert Campbell. With a story from Wendy West, Jonathan Green, and Robert Campbell. And it's directed by Arthur W. Forney, right? So he's like one of the producers on the show. I mean, he's been on that show for maybe, he's been working on the show for like 20 years. I mean... He wasn't involved in the crew for season one, but the author W forty. I mean, he's probably one of the brothers. He's a he's a black brother. You know what I'm saying? So 
and he'd been with the Lauren Lauren universe for a long time, you know, doing producing and stuff like that. And he was also the producer of, of New York Undercover. So, and I don't know, he, he's, part, he's part of that love Law & Order franchise. I mean, he's like the um, executive producer or something like that. So, I mean, that you know, this guy has been involved like, with Law & Order since the 90s. I think like more than 25 years. That's a long, long time, man. It's like people work on that show for a long time. You know, I mean, they'll get into retirement and all that stuff, right? Well, okay, so um, now let's start with today's episode. It's, all right, um, we're inside the apartment of um, um, Marnie Owens. So, and it's morning time and the music is blasting. And here comes the superintendent. Yeah, he comes in. Then he comes in the apartment and you know, the door, he comes in, the doors are locked, locked and he comes into the apartment. And he comes in calling for her, and you can hear the classical music blasting on there. So it's Jimmy. Hello? Yeah, you know, it would have been worse if the teacher was blasting. Uh, Nelly or um, Jay-Z in her apartment, though. I mean, they was really going to have a fit, though. Okay, so the super, right, he's walking around the house looking for Mrs. Owens, Miss Owens, and and um, next thing he knows, uh, he arrives in the bedroom, and it's, it's, it's like, um, it's open just a bit, you know, and then so he calls um, Mrs. Owens, and as soon as he comes in, he finds her laying you know, lying on his stomach, partially naked, with she covering up though, and in other words, oh, she's dead. So it turns out that the the, the superintendent find Mrs. Owens dead on the floor. I mean, she was like naked and unresponsive. I mean, she's, she's most likely be dead. All right, so um, we're a short time later. Messenger Stabler shows up, right, and um, they, and when um Stabler comes in the house, who's like. Who turned on the music? And the cop was like, the superintendent found the music blasting as soon as you got inside and all that stuff, though. So they've looking around, you know, it's like um they going around Mrs. Owens' dead cause. I mean, she's in the bed butt naked, you know, she's partially covered, and um she looks like they'd be dead and stuff like that, though. So um so best and safely they talk to the superintendent and then they have like a talk and stuff like that, and um for a moment, and um it is super. It super tells the detectives that he was come. He was. He just came up here this morning to fix the bathroom that she ordered and stuff like that. Though, so next thing you know is that um, they told you know. Guess what? Doctor Warner calls him over there from the bedroom, and this same they was like, "Don't move." And the super was like, "Don't go anywhere. I ain't going anywhere." So um, turns out that they're in the bedroom, and Doctor Warner is there examining the body, and she tells him that just she found something. Fluids in her vagina and bruises and stuff like that. So she tells him that she's partially raped, though. So the, be- the best is to go back to the living room and they look at the her, her they look at the um, wall, fame, something like that. Turns out that Mrs. Owens is, was a teacher, and she had like the thing she said best teacher of the year of 1998. Oh, we check this out, and um, 
they, they the phone rings and Sable tells him don't pick it up. That was like just a moment moments earlier though. Turns out this says this um caller ID says from New York City Public Schools and Messa Sable sees her with the um, Mrs. Owens Award saying best teacher of the year. So it turns out that she's that Mrs. Owens was a school teacher, right, in some inner city high school. And Sable is like schools out and all that stuff. Okay, so um and we go through the opening credits, you know, same as usual. And we're in Craigan's office in in being at Act One, and Craig was like, So Marnie Owens survives the tour of duty in one of the city's most dangerous schools, and she's not safe at home. So um it turns out it turns out that like like um yeah, she was teaching at a, like a get high school somewhere in the ghetto or something like, like that, though. Something like that. So um so um Craigan tells um um, Betsy Saylor to, to, to go to the Mrs. Owens school where she works at and talk to the principal or talk to people whatever who knows her. And Craigan orders Munch and Finn to go out on the streets to talk to the neighbors and stuff like that. Anybody on the street and on the cold and stuff like that, though. So, he knows um, things getting never stop. So, we um we at the um, high school Mrs. Owens used to work at and they're talking to the principal. A black crystal, something like that, though. And the crystal tells him that teaching was all her life and stuff like that. And um, she wanted to help kids make a difference in their lives and all that stuff, though. <clears throat> and, you know, Benson and Sabler and the crystal are going to walk and talk in the hallway and during the time. And then she mentions a student named, um, getting ready, I think it was um, Ethan Chance. And she told them that Mrs. Owens gave him tours such as Ethan Chance because um, she said he used to, she he used to be a drug dealer and, and hang, hustling in the streets and all that stuff though. So when they had, she said the Bristol says that she'll get Ethan for them. So Bess and Stabler are at, outside the classroom and then they look at a couple of Warners and stuff like that. In her, this is Mrs. Owens' classroom and then they see a couple of people mourning. And two of them look at them, and then this sister—I mean, I don't—I don't know what the sister is. Is she a teacher or a student? And she was like, "You're cops, right?" So, um, and Benson and Slaver come in the classroom, and then they told them that they're doing some investigation or whatever. And the sister was like, "Mrs. Owens had made a difference. I mean, she was the best teacher and all that stuff." And she's just mourning her past and stuff like that because they already found out that she was found dead in her apartment. And lastly, they like rape and murder and stuff like that. So, soon as uh, Lee steps out, Mrs. The principal steps back in the classroom and tells the detectives that Ethan did not show up to school today. And uh, they ask they ask her where her mother is. She tells them that she works at a bank. So, so later on, you know, with some we outside a bank and Mrs. Stabler are talking to um, you know, Ethan's mother. She, she's a teller at the bank. And they outside the bank where the Ethan, Ethan's mother works at, and then they have like an interview. And um, Ethan's mother tells them that she hasn't seen her son since this morning during on his way to school. And the, the, um, Stabler tells her that Ethan did not show up to school. And then the mother was like pissed like that because I like that boy though. He not had no business hanging around with drug dealing friends and all that stuff and what you would call it stuff like that though. And she also told them that the, the Mrs. Owens gave her him a chance, you know, like a college scholarship, you know, have a better future. I mean, she helped him turn his life around. Because, you know, his her son used to be a 
um, hanging out with his friend, you know, hustling in the streets, so he being a drug dealer, and he got arrested and stuff like that. But Ethan's mother tells the detectives that he's a good kid. You know, I mean, he's trying to turn his life around, and he calls him guys these other losers or whatever, something like that, though. So, um, so, so they trying so the that well, Benson and Sable are trying to find um, the Ethan stuff like that. Much if we somewhere in the other side of town, the detectives Much and Finn they talk to this racist old lady about her neighbor Mrs. Owens, and she tells Much and Finn that she seen her the other night with this uh, student. She tell and she tells him that he looks like a he looks like a hood. A thug or something like that. That's a racist shade. I mean, now all black men are like thugs or hoods, lady. You got white kids who are like thugs, all right? I mean, I call them wiggers. I mean, you have you ever seen um Eminem? Hmm. Have you seen um Post Malone? Hmm. Well, Post Malone, he didn't exist in 2001, so people are familiar with Eminem and all that stuff, though. But you got like white boys trying to be black and shit like that. I mean, look at them this rapper Bad Baby and Wolf Vicky. I mean, no disrespect. I mean, they trying to act like they black and all that ratchet stuff like that, but that's like a mean ass stereotype. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it again, all right? So, and uh, you know, the Mrs. Owens' neighbor, the old lady, also tells him that um, she was dating this guy, something like that, and. Um, she mentions the name is like a Byron Marks. I mean, she was having company with this guy and all that stuff, though. So, all right, we're um, at the morgue, right? And um, Mrs. Owens, Marnie's Marnie's brother is there. He sees her, her sees a body, and um, Marnie, Marnie's Mrs. Owens' brother, he's disgusted, and he tells him the, um, the cops, detectives that. I told her, I told my smarty, she's not supposed to be living in a, living in a building without a doorman. So, um, and then next thing you know is uh, that they, um, he mentions about that, that old man mentioned, he t- they said that Oli told him that she had like a boyfriend coming over. And then the brother was like, married, don't you mean she had an affair? And then, um, and then, and then he tell he tells her and he he telling him that she had no business dealing with a married man and he know the guy's name is Byron Marks and he's like a doctor and all that stuff though, and he told he warned her not to deal with a married man though, I mean it turns out that this Mrs Owens didn't have a boyfriend I mean she was messing around with a married man and all that stuff I mean what kind of relationship is that I mean there's something ain't right about this. I mean, you got a teacher that's raped and murdered in a building. I mean, she's probably strangled to death and all this stuff. And then you dealing with a married man, a boyfriend, something like that. I don't know what it is though. I don't know what it is though. All right, so um, we're meanwhile we outside out in the streets, you know. And then Bess and Slaver come out of the car, and they see like you know, the Ethan's. Friends, they out here hustling out there in the streets. I mean, they don't trying to do sell drugs. I don't know what it's like that though. So, um, so I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, the hustlers though, these Ethan's friends or whatever, or his knucklehead friends though, they have a hard time with cops saying they better do a file. Oh, it's and best was and stable was like, 
what's this guy's little school project? What you doing? He's ditching school, stuff like that. They they told him, one of them says, it's a flu. And the other guy was like, <clears throat> it's contagious. Contagious. <clears throat> oh, so, um, all right. So, um, it turns out that um, they were best to save a threat and they weren't going in their pockets and stuff like that, though, something like that. And to see if they have any drug possession or something like that, they want to arrest them or something like that. So, I mean, one of them, I mean, one of them, Ethan's friends, you know, I mean, that we're going to uh, find out is that um, he tells them that um, they saw, saw him, like, on Sunday night. And uh, he t- and if his friend tells the cops that that him and teacher had a fight, and um, he also told him that he wanted to be going back home with his mom, going back home with his mom because she's worried about him. Even let me tell you about Ethan's friends though. <clears throat> they don't even give a shit. He's trying to change against other education. I mean, they laughed us off saying that even gonna get some education. I mean, yo, I mean, why do you want to go out on the streets and waste your life like that trying to? sell drugs to kill your own people. I mean, it, I mean, as for me, you know, I mean, I never hung out in the streets, though. When I was in high school, right, I did my work. I completed the stuff like that. I mean, I never hang out. But you know what, my teens, you know, but you know what I did, though? I went to day camp. I had like a, a summer job. I had an after school job. I even went to the 92nd Street Y to take like after school programs and stuff like that while growing up. But when I was a teenager, right? I mean, I go to school. I go to school and I come straight home. You know what I'm saying? I won't be hanging out in the streets or hanging in front of the building with like the other people like I do. All right. So it's like um, I mean, my mama raised me right. Okay. I mean, she took me to like the Y to take some after school programs and Sunday social clubs and even day camp. So I and I grew up on that. And then when I was in high school, you know. I focus on my work. I keep myself. I kept myself out of trouble, and I even had like a like an after school job in um, other words, you know. So, and even I had during my teenage years, I had a summer job. I mean, I was working as a camp counselor. I was working like um, doing file clerks and stuff like that. So, I was I was making money the right way. I mean, I was out there like you know selling weed and shit like that, you know. And I'm I feel so bad about it, you know, when I see yeah, my. Uh, my people going out there selling weed, trying to kill their own, kill their own people. I mean, it's just like it's just it's so much hatred. I mean, you hate your old people. They ain't they ain't cool. You know what I'm saying though? All right. So we uh, at the hospital, and much and Finn talked to this guy named Byron uh, Marks or something like that though. And okay, Byron Marks. All right. So um, he. Had a relationship with Marnie, but he cut that off like a short while ago, something like that, though. And then he was married, but he divorced this woman. And then right now, he's dealing with a new girl right now. So it's like being with Marnie was too much for him and stuff like that, though. And um, that doctor will show up later on. I forgot the actor's name, but you know, I mean, he had a him and Marnie was dating, stuff like that. I don't know whether that's though. Okay, so. Um, all right, we're at um, Ethan's um, Ethan's house. You know, I mean, they talking to the mother in the living room, and she tells him that she hasn't, she still hasn't seen Ethan ever since this morning. So, Benson Saber came in to look around his uh, bedroom, see if there any evidence or evidence of why he disappeared and what's up with him. Because 
and then they it turns out that um, him and the teacher were arguing, and that's what Miles Miranda told them. And then when he came home, he told her that him and the teacher were arguing, and then he didn't no, no explanation. He just slammed the door like he didn't want to talk about it. So um, we're in, in Ethan's bedroom, and he's looking around and um, checking out his clothes and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, Stabler, right? He picks up a crumpled piece of paper, and yo, it's, it's, it's like it's a naked, it's a naked, yo, guess what? He ain't discovered a naked photo of Mrs. Owens bending over trying to get fucked. Oh, shit. And then Sable was like, looks like um, Mrs. Owens was giving more, you, you get, looks like Mrs. Owens was giving students warning grades. And then the mother came by, and she looks at the picture, she was like, Lord, what she done, my son? And then when I saw her making picture of Mrs. Owens, I was like laughing out loud. Yo, yo, it turns out that Mrs. Owens was having sex with her students. Oh, yeah, fucking hard. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, anyway, you know, sorry about that. So, anyway, um, so you did about um, teachers having sex with students and stuff like that. I mean, it's not just a fantasy, but it's real. It's that shit happens in real life. I mean, you have a, a, a lot of these teachers, though, they've arrested, then the see teachers, no, teachers, excuse me, no, they had a lot of teachers, though, they have been arrested. For having sex with their students, it busted in hand. I mean, recently, I mean, this is white lady. She had sex with a teenage student that was like a couple years ago. And I don't know why. Why is the teacher and the student going to be hooking up in the first place? Though, that's what I'm trying to find out. Are the teachers are horny, or they they, 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 have, they need to get laid, or what? I don't know what it is though. I mean, why would these teachers go around lust after these students and stuff like that though? Right? It's like. It's like um, a um, it's like you know they're attractive and but you check this out, yo. Sometimes though, they, they these students they they they're hot for teacher. Whoa! And speaking about hot hot for teacher though, them do you remember a Van Halen song called "A Hot for Teacher"? And it was on MTV back in 1984, I believe, and I was eight years old. And they you know these little students fantasizing about these. Teachers, because they look pretty and looking all good and stuff like that, and they they even have a video for that. I mean, you got these little kids in school. You got like this um, teacher coming in, stripping her clothes off, showing her bikini and stuff like that. Though I mean, and <laughs> and you got another teacher stripping her dress off. She's wearing like a t-shirt and panties, like, and you feel like you in a damn strip club. And students, no, no, there was a lunchroom. But it looked like a damn strip club and stuff like that. <laughs> we got these little so man, and uh, and this is they Van Damlen that had the song Hopper Teacher, and that's the name of this episode. And you believe that? So they it's like, but it's not hey, teachers having sex. Not just a fantasy. They do it in real life, and the teachers though they get arrested for that because she you know that that person's a minor. And that's a daydream well for every child, though. It's a criminal offense. All right? So, 
And back to the teachers having sex with students part, you know, I mean, in porn, you know, they fantasize about that shit, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, I remember this, um, I was looking at this one scene where Lisa Ann, she's having uh, lesbian sex with a female student in her office. And, you know, I liked it. I mean, I used to like that, so like that, though. But, I mean, uh, Lisa Ann, you know, I mean, you heard about her. She's a, She was a porn star, but she's not anymore. Right now, she got a podcast and all that stuff, though. I mean, she's just, like, moving on to her life. I mean, that's good for her, you know? But it's like, well, I I just want to put that up there as an example. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, I'm gonna stop it. I know. I mean, you know, it's not a family show. I mean, you've been warned, right? So, um, all right, we're at Creighton's office, and Benson tells him that you know, they look around, but there's Brown Parker's coat's quick still missing. So, Parker's like a coat or something like that, though. And Creighton was like, So the teacher's petted, and Stay was like, The teacher it, it gets seduces him and gets what she wants, and, and then. Finn was that said something. I don't know what Finn said. And then she and then much was like raging hormones, just a jealousy fit of rage, and gives an example to kill this teacher, so like that. So they suspect that he so you know that Ethan he's a suspect because he he slept with the teacher and then he probably killed her in a fit of rage because she, she was sleeping around with other students and stuff like that. And he just got jealous and just killed her. But that's <laughs> that's um that's that's another theory. I mean and they're trying to find out. So um, they say they also mentioned that that um, they have a memorial service for Mrs. Owens and the next day. So so they gotta make sure that Ethan's gonna be there, show up though. And he said that the media will be there as well. So we outside this church, you know, they having a memorial service tomorrow and stuff like that. So they met to the stapler. They're doing like some kind of stakeout. Munch is on the lookout. He's standing there right outside the church. Looking for Ethan, stuff like that though. So they see this um, black man, this black man with the brown Parker. So it turns out it was the wrong person. So they see, you no, know, they see another man with a brown coat, and it turns out to be Ethan. So once Ben and Ben to the Sabler though, they tell Finn that the guy's here. So Finn got the answer. Next thing you know is that. Um, Ethan shows up. He got his head covered. He, you know, he's like a hood and his brown coat. And then he spots Finn, and he makes a run for it. So next thing you know is that Finn is chasing him and messes Slaver and much so he gets chased too. And then they go to it. And then you know the, um, Ethan goes by the by a park lot. And all of a sudden, Finn catches up with him and tackles his ass down. And Finn was like, "You made me run on my bad knee." And then next thing you know, Benson and Slaver they came in to. Arrest Ethan, 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 and all that stuff. So, so, and that's the end of Act One. Now we're at Act Two, and um, Ethan's in an interrogation room with Benson and Slaver, and then Benson was like, "Why you run?" And Ethan didn't even say nothing. So Slaver tells him that um, that he had sex with a teacher, and Ethan came and said. It wasn't like that, man. I never put his hands on her or something like that, though. So they ask him what happened between him and Mrs. Owens. He tells them that um, 
let's see, you know, it's like um he told he told them that a friend of his uh, found uh, found Mrs. Owens on some porn 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 website advertisements for sex and stuff like that. And and then he and then his friend was gonna show him around trying and all that stuff though. And then they asked they asked him why he wanna do that. And he Aiken tells him that he he's getting he's getting he's getting back at her for for yelling at him, giving him a bad grade, stuff like that. Though it's like a, a little humiliation and stuff like that. Though, and then even didn't know about that, that because he just found out that Sven found her on um, some a website. She was advertising for sex. That's like prostitution or porn and stuff like that. It turns out you know, the teacher is trying to do some porn and shit like that. So. Even went over to Mrs. Owens' house to warn her or something like that. And then Mrs. Owens was yelling at him and even called her a whore and he just ran off. And um he was when he was gonna go back to her apartment the next day to apologize. And then he tells him that someone came up to him saying that a woman's been maybe murdered on a third floor. And and it turned out to be his teacher Mrs. Owens, something like that. So they asked him again if they had, he had sex with her. Ethan said, claimed that he never put his hands on her. She just did. She was there for tutoring sessions and studying. That's it. He didn't do nothing else about her and all that stuff, though. So, um, so is, so I mean, I mean, maybe he's telling the truth. He, but um, he never had sex with the teacher. But one of his friends was trying to humiliate her from doing porn and stuff like that, though. So, um, whatever, though. I mean, they turns out. That Ethan's friend turned out to be the flu boy. I think his name was like um I figure I think it's um I don't know, it's like some I don't know, um Jordan the I mean oh yeah, that you know the the kid that guy they interviewed earlier of having Ethan's friend though. I mean he was like the fluid boy. So Craig wants him to bring him in for bring him before talk. So later on, um Benson's you know, Ethan's friend, something like that. He's in the interrogation room and shit like that. Got the guy's name, Jordan. I don't know what it is, though. But, you know, Benson, no, Benson comes in and she's like, flu better. And he's in Ethan's friend, Jordan. He got like an attitude saying, what you cops want, though? They showed him the picture of him, a naked picture of Mrs. Owens and all that stuff. And he's like, words getting around, huh? And then they ask him if he had sex with her and stuff like that, though. No, and he was like, nah, man, I'm just trying to humiliate her. I'm a businessman. I don't be, I, I'm, I haven't been in her place in months, though. And he tells her that he wanted to get back at her to, for yelling at him the, the other day because over his um work and something like that, schoolwork and all some, all some, all some bullshit. But he was trying to humiliate her, destroy his career, her career and shit like that, though. I mean, yo, and then they were telling him they're going to do DNA and the finger test and stuff like that. And, and the kid was like, you could do whatever you want. He's like, wow. Like, he just doesn't give a shit, though. But he know, and then the best is safe to tell Kragen that he didn't have sex with um, Marty. He wanted to ruin his career. So they wanted to go get that to computer crimes and stuff like that because, you know, that, that her picture didn't get it by accident. So I know Kragen was like, we're looking at the wrong place. All right, so we have to conclude primes, and then they're going to be doing some investigation about that naked photo and stuff like that, though. And they got this, they have, they talking to this, um, um, this, uh, computer crimes cop 
who's sitting on a computer trying to do some research on that. And this is Owens, uh, where the how where the naked photo comes from. And check this out. We got a repeat offender. Repeat offender. Yo, who's that redhead playing the c- computer crimes cop? I mirrored her hard drive. The history in this thing reads like some bad porno flick. The Love Studs website? That's where she ran the ad. Welcome to the red light district of the new millennium. All right, that actress happens to be Deirdre Lovejoy, and she's seen her on The Wire, and she even appeared recently on a season one episode called um, Slaves. It was a season one finale where she plays a detective. So there's a second appearance on SVU, and she'll show up again on season nine and again on season 22. So Deirdre Lovejoy, I remember Deirdre Lovejoy from The Wire back in the days, you know, the show on HBO. And she had like an interracial relationship with a black man. I forgot his name, but she got jungle fever. You hear that, Spike Lee? Anyway, so back to the scene, you know, she plays a computer crop and then they look into the naked photo of Mrs. Owens. Turns out that she has a website advertising for sex through hookups. It Benson reads, hot babe looking for 10 hotter guys. Oh my goodness, I mean... She, uh, she's promoting porn in some way, but she's not doing porn. She's advertising for, she wants for advertisements for sexual hookups. And I'm telling you, man, she wants to have sex with 10 guys. Yo, that girl is a slut. That girl's a whore. She's a, the teacher is a hoe, man. Turns out that she wasn't even having sex. She wasn't, she had no business dealing with the students. She's dealing with multiple men. Shit, she got allegated STDs and some shit like that. Or not, what, what she, or she, or wait a minute, is she trying to be a porn star? I don't know what it is, though. So, damn. And so they go through Marnie's hard drive, and then she has a website advertising for sex and all that stuff, though. So, um, so, I mean, that's messed up and stuff like that, though. And speaking about, um, Sex and sex and like that. I mean, I didn't lose my virginity till I was like 38. So, so I'm a late guy like this. So, and men like us, you know, uh, we look at porn and stuff like that. I try, I don't look at porn like that much like I used to. I, I stop, you know. But, I mean, when you're men, you're single. I mean, you don't have no girlfriend. What you gonna do? Well, it's not like well anyway though. So I'll tell you tell you something. That teacher is a freak, man. And I'm not talking about is, is this teacher trying to be like little Kim? Oh yo, check this out. You heard of this RB singer Dina Hardard, freak like me? I'm on the freak till the early day, till the early morn. I'm a boom boom in the end of night to many more. I wonder what happened to Dina Howard though. I mean, come on, yeah. I don't know what it is though. Uh, so this Marty Owens, so she is a freakazoid, man. I mean, she this that's like a she was living a secret life as uh, some I don't know. I'm gonna get to that in a moment. So anyway, so um, much of Finn are talking to um, Mrs. Owens's brother, you know, and um, he he 
he already knows that his sister is a sex addict because she be bringing in multiple guys and she be hearing the orgasms and shit like that. Like, uh, 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 uh. Oh, oh, it's crazy though. And she probably got that from learned that from her father or stuff like that though. And she and then Marnie's brother tells him it's like a disease and it's like something possessed and I don't know what it is though. And you can't even stop though. Munch and Finn look at each other like, hmm, something like that though. So later on, Munch and Finn are talking to the psychologist or doctor, something like that, and he tells them it's, it's and then it's, it's covert incest. Said Barbara tells you dirty jokes, lewd jokes to the daughter, and then next thing you know the father dies. He picks up the traits, but I also left the out left out about how Marty's parents saying that his father killed his mother in front of her that he killed himself so it's like a murder suicide so i mean maybe she's traumatized about that though all she has left is about her brother or something like that though so it's like um and um and you know what the back to the doctor was saying is that um what marnie this is marnie has this condition that she's possessed it's like she's dumb i mean it's like they're in so much pain because it's like um, they don't go away. I mean, it's like a sex addiction is like it's like a possession they can't control because they numb and all that stuff, though. So she has something that helps with her addiction. And much of like, you know, teaching is like a tradition. Teaching was like a, of a love and stuff like that. And the doctor was like, though, they don't see they it's 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 very rare people keep their secrets so long so it turns out that mrs owens was teaching students real well and she don't discuss about her private life but her private life though she's like a sex addict like she's trying to i don't know if she's trying to cope but she has like a lot of pain and she's like she's numb and she's like possessed i know what she's possessed with she's possessed by demons less demons you know what i'm saying like that though and she's trying to redeem herself and her redemption is to teach and stuff like that so there is something that she's doing you know i mean she has a passion for teaching just like her redemption and stuff like that though so that's what it is okay so we have the precinct and, and munch and ben are having a walk and talk and they're while they're heading toward the squad room and munch tells his story about his display in the art gallery. Back in Baltimore, I come into the office one day, everybody's staring at me like my flies open. I say, what's up? They sent me across the street to a gallery, one of my ex-girlfriends is showing her work. Centerpiece is a wall-sized print of yours truly from his free love days on natural. Sergi Wright proposed the nude in the first place. That's what I get for sharing. You must have some innermost secret. I'm a Republican. Hey. I didn't know that Ice T was a Republican. I mean, yo, I'm, let me tell you something though. I'm not into politics, right? I don't support Democrat, Republican, or Independent. I don't trust politicians because they lie through their teeth, though. They just do that just to get people's attention and stuff like that, though. I only vote for the man upstairs, though. I don't vote for no politician whatsoever. No politics, no poly tricks, okay? But I can't believe you got a brother that's a Republican. Please, though. That's messed up, you know. That's like I see you saying something like that, though. 
So, um, oh yeah, by the way, you know about Munch telling the story about his a display of himself at the art gallery. That happened. That happened in the in the homicide life on the street, though. That's the show that Richard Belser used to be on. He played Munch, and he carried over to SVU, and he was referring to like a season three episode of um, Homicide, which was the title. I think it was like um, um, Law and Disorder, and that episode featured cameo appearances from Detective Logan himself, Chris North from the original Law and Order, and um, and that chick from the Superman flicks. And Superman, uh, oh, uh, her name is Valerie Perendo. Well, wait, so <laughs> it's a funny scene on the on the show Homicide. You know, Munch comes to people were laughing at him at the precinct, and then they find out what's going on. He tells them that they, they had a display of him, they get a display of him in the art gallery during his drug hippie days and stuff like that, though. And you know, um, Valley Perini, aka Miss Chessbucker, though, she um put a new display on him, so that's like a homicide reference right there, though. So, um so next thing you know is that um, we're in the squad room right now, and Crane um, was reading about Mrs. Owens' desires that she likes to do five to ten men, but she don't do by and stuff like that. Though, I mean, she's a menace and stuff like that. Though, and it turns out that Marty had like outgoing call, would have made some outgoing call at a swingers club called Flings, though. and Crane uh, says he checked the computer files and stuff like that. Though. So, um, we at the Swingers Club Flings, though. Munch and Spencer and the Stabler arrive in the coast, and we see a couple over there, right? They like the greeting them and all that stuff. And you got the wife, she's wearing a robe, and the husband's wearing nothing but a towel around his waist and something like that, though. So, they were saying, offering him a couple of rooms and stuff like that, though. And Stabler's like, you first, Olivia. So, um, they want to find out if uh, Marnie would ask her if Marnie was here, and the couple told them that she was she was banned from things. So, and um, was it? And then we they tell them that Marnie is dead, and then the husband, the guy with the husband, was like, "Why? You saying we're thinking we deviant because we're, we're thinking we did it because we're sexual deviants, right?" But nah, so. They ask him why was um, Mrs. Owens was banned from the club, and they the lady tells him that she had an affair with two guys, and then and then um, one of his wives came in just discussing the affair, and then they had to they had to throw Mrs. Owens' ass out, and they ask her who the um, person who was having sex with Mrs. Owens, they tell him it's confidential. So save up then and save up friends them to for some hygiene laws with the laws, you know. Put like um some some bad conditions, you know, threatening them and all that stuff, trying to charge or something like that. And um, the husband tell them they gave it up. They say it was by remarks. And uh, Detective Benson was like, "Yes, the doctor was in." And you know that scene, you know, when Benson and Saber come in, they playing that little corny X-rated music and stuff like that, though. And um, it's like it's like not jazz, but it's some cheesy sex music or something like that, like Moni, I don't know. But I wanna tell you something about this um thing called flings though. It reminds me that there you in New York City there used to be a place called um 
uh shoot pluto's retreat and it was like a place where people be having sexual orgies and they used to have the club they used to have a club up somewhere on the upper west side and then they shut that down during the height of the aids crisis so it's not there anymore or something like that so let's play those retreat i don't know what it is so but it's like the swingers clubs and stuff like that though i mean i i never stepped foot in the swingers club why because i never married you know what i'm saying i never been in them clubs like that so i'm not going to tell you anything about that all right so we're at the second half of the story so byron marks is in the interrogation room with benson and stabler so um and you know his lawyer comes by and all this stuff though so turns out and byron tells him a story about him and marty yes um he tells him that, that they were having sex three times a day and it was too much for him and he tells him that he hooked up with her on he met marty on this website and then they hooked up for sex whatever with a couple other guys and her and marty they were having sex like three times a day and it was it was too much for him and stuff like that he was just lost focus so he dumped the ass though so um and speaking about the sex three times a day there was an earlier scene where the doctor tells much and finn saying if a person has sex three times a day they're considered a pervert so it turns out that marty is a sex addict though i mean so in other words though but however he tells them that um it was uh, too much for them with her and marty is yeah she won't be dealing and he tells the detectives they he wanted to settle down and all this stuff and she, she he also tells the marty wants to settle down with her students you know that's like her redemption though like you know that stuff like but she wasn't ready for commitment she says she was committed to her she, she tells him that she's committed to her kids or she's not ready for a real commitment for marriage and stuff like that so he just woke up and he also mentions that um she wanted to take him to dante's and he thought it was a restaurant but it turns out it's like um uh, 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 it turns out it turns out to be another sex club it turned it turns out to be dante's inferno and it turns out that marty liked it rough you know what i'm saying oh my goodness and stuff like that so um she he also tells him that dante's inferno is like a place going to hell it's like dante's um inferno and he's and dr byron says that he he didn't know marty liked it rough so guess what we now we go to we cut to the scene we're in dante's inferno and people are having an orgy Okay, okay, all right, 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 right. That's enough about that. All right, there we go. Okay, the cops bust in. They raided the the place, you know. Also, Benson Stabler is there. Then much is finished there. So they tell everybody to stop fucking and get put their hands up and cover themselves and all that stuff. And they want them to line up something like that. Munch comes in. He sees a bag of weed. He smells and something like that. So that's another reason why about the little hookups and stuff like that. So so it's like um. And it's oh my goodness, um, they want to ask everybody who and who 
who got who, who participated in the sex they want to know they want no marty but they didn't even say anything something like that so so stabler threatens them saying if you don't say anything you, you're gonna be um if you, if anyone knows marty though you're gonna be walking out from the back door anyone else don't say anything about marty though they're gonna get the 15 minutes of frame at the front doors though so they ask everyone if they if they know marty anything like that and a lot of people raise their hands though i mean do they cover themselves up and then and then yo i mean um and then they got this um this it got this they, they one of them who participated in sex is guy with a mustache he looks like a guy from the village people something like that and you got this like chinese lady with the like a she's like she's like a butch with the short hair something like that though i was thinking it was like angela jolie's ex-girlfriend or something i don't know what it is though and oh man i mean telling you i mean man these people uh they are shamed and all stuff i mean because they got busted having sex and it was, it was crazy something like that though. Now, we in the precinct stuff like that and C- Captain Craig is talking to the owner and they ask her about Marty and then he tells them he's just an entrepreneur and stuff like that though. I mean, so he even mentions about a guy who had sex with Marty multiple times and she's one of her frequent partners and anything like that though. So um, when they bring the uh, they they bring the owner out. And then Ben tells him that the next guy is Philip Montrose, is saying that he like Marty. So Stabler brings um, Mr. Montrose in an interrogation room or something like that, though. And um, we're in the interrogation room, and then um, Business Stabler talked to Philip, and um, he said that he met Marty on some on her website, and then he had sex with her with multiple times with men, and um, she tells him that, that that he loves her and then he been hooking up with her so many times and um she said that she has he had sex with her and three other guys and he also mentions that marty was her favorite ride though you know stuff though so um and then they ask him that do you have a, is she married or something like that he tells her that he um Went to, he was up in Connecticut with his in-laws and him and his wife, they were separated and stuff like that, though. Okay, so we're in the squad room and they discovered that um, Mr. Montrose, Philip Montrose, he was arrested for trespassing two months ago. And they also discovered they have photos of him at Marty's uh, memorial service. So um, before we get into that, you know, I mean, uh, much and Finn was having this little brief argument, something like that, though. And, um, he mentioned something about Montrose, and then Finn was like, they had 10 other guys, 10, 14 other guys there. What's their excuse? You know, the doctor, lawyer, anything like that. So much of Finn had an argument about um, Marty's sexual partners, and then Finn was like, that's all you say. You listen, they don't, they don't hang out in some art gallery. I mean, this just a fight, anything like that. So and Craig tells him that Montrose was arrested for trespassing two couple months ago, and photos showed him that he was at Memorial service and stuff like that though it turns out and then one of them was paying, one of the t- detectives saying he was paying more respects when craig was like or stalker to the grave so 
turns out that Vince Montrose is like a suspect because he um was arrested for trespassing up in Connecticut two months earlier. It's like in other words, stalking the level words, what you would call it though. And so um we're at for Benson Stabler or at um this place where uh, Mr. Montrose was is working at, and he told him that he was gonna go see his wife and stuff like that. He tells him that um, it was it was a stalking thing, but it was downgraded for trespassing and anything like that, though. And he just he just really wanted to see his wife and anything like that, though. So um, so he told him he told him that he attended Marnie's memorial service. So what? Isn't that a crime, though? You know, and. Best in the stable was asking him about the stalking arrest a couple of months ago. And Mr. Mo- Mr. Monstro's claims is it was just a, simply just a misunderstanding and stuff like that. Like stalking. I mean, he claims that he was gonna go see his wife or whatever. I don't know what it is though. So um whatever though, they're trying to so after that uh Best Sable they'll walk and talk about see if um Mr. Montrose well Philip, in other words, um one of the was um, stalking Marty at her school job. So we back at the high school, and um, Benson is able to talk to the security guard, and they show him a picture of um, Mr. Montrose, and he and he tells them that he's seen him trespassing a couple of times. He you know he he claimed he wanted to, he tells him that he claimed he wanted to use the bathroom. He tells him to go to the bathroom that's this other place you know right across the street. And then he calls him again, trying to sneak in, try through the window, stuff like that. So, and it looked like stalking to him because I mean he's not supposed to be here. So, so later on we outside the um, classroom, and then, and then, then turns out Benson said like if Marty uh, didn't report the stalking, then she wouldn't have still been alive and all that stuff though. So, and here comes Ethan. She tells him that. He just got a scholarship to uh, Temple University, so and yeah, that's the that's the university Bill Cosby used to be in. So, best in the stables is like that's great news. And then they showed him a picture of a, a, this this guy that he has it has even trespassing and stuff like that. And they show they know he's they show him Phyllis picture, and and then um, Ethan tells him, yeah, that's the guy who told me that Marnie was murdered. They know they the best of saber realized that Marty was there at the time was that the teacher died though. And he's always likely a suspect. So so we guess what they go, they go, they go to um Phillips apartment, they bust him, they have a search warrant for his arrest. Next thing you know, Philip was there, and then and then next thing you know, check this out. Ben found a like a stalker scrapbook. The pictures are telling about Marty and the article about Marty's death and all that stuff. And then, so Philip is busted you know, now. So um, we um we at this um prison. You know the yeah yeah you know the um, Philip Mr. Montrose is locked. Philip is locked up, and Philip's got a lawyer side. And Cabot talks to Philip as lawyer in prison, and and then he was just saying that he got put. Put him on um, hearings and stuff like that, though, because you know he probably he's he's most likely uh, is a suspect of killing the teacher and all that stuff, though. So, um, and Cabot leaves them and all that stuff, and then next thing you know is that we in the courtroom right now, and Ethan's there testifying 
he's a, he comes as a witness and tells him his story about what happened between him and the teacher. He tells him that the um, Mr. Ma- Miss Philip was there telling him that the wife's been murdered in the building and stuff like that, though. So next thing you know, this guy shows up and whispers, whispers something in the ear to Cabot, and Cabot like excuses herself from the courtroom and comes outside, and then Phyllis Laurier comes in saying he gotta be in, he gotta be in judges' chambers over Phyllis' statement. So um, we're in um, we're in the judges' chambers. I mean, and we got like a repeat offender, repeat offender. And um, this is the actress. Um, got her name, but um, she plays um, um, a Judge Rutowski, something like that. That's the actress, Judge Rutowski. I forgot the actress's name, but she's been on the SVU multiple times, so she's like a repeat offender. So I don't remember the actress's name. But I'm gonna get to that though. Oh, oh yeah. By the way, I forgot to mention that you know the actor who played Ethan Chance though. He um, what he was on the HBO miniseries A Corner back in two thousand, so he was playing um the drug dealing friend of um one of the characters, something like that though. So anyway, so we back in the courtroom and stuff like that, and Mr. Mon- Mr. Montrose is on a stand making the making a statement, and and then he brings it all out. I mean, he exposes Marty's sex life in front of the jury and cabinet and stuff like that, yo. And he judging her. He's he is judging her straight up right there. So I mean, call her a whore, a slut, and a whore, all this shit. I mean, all that stuff though. But cabinet grills him. Didn't you also go to her apartment the morning after she was murdered? I was worried about her. Where you told a young bystander she had been strangled and raped. How do you think I found out about it? Somebody there told me. I didn't know the details. You followed her to school. You followed her home. You were jealous, angry, weren't you? I wasn't. Because she was having sex with other men. You think I was jealous of that slut? You have to care about someone to be jealous. She was a whore. Stick to the facts relevant to the case, Mr. Montrose. Those are the facts. She'd spread her legs for anybody, anywhere, anytime. As many as she could. She'd pick up guys off the streets and bring them home. She liked it rough. She was asking for this to happen. God only knows who Marnie picked up on her way home from my place because she needed another fix. She needed a fix. You stalked a woman in Connecticut, then you stalked Marnie Owens. Now she's dead. What about your fix, Mr. Montrose? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Turns out that he choked the shit out of her while they had, while he was fucking her and stuff like that, though. I mean, that's that good rough sex. And he claims that she liked it rough. That's no excuse, stupid. I mean, it it wasn't brave that he uh he just choked this he just choked her to death, man. I mean, that's messed up. That's the truth, man. You say it's it's like Robert Chambers killing Jennifer Levin, man. Yeah, like you know, he's like that was Shreve acting late though, but that's bad. Okay, so we're in Craig's office in the evening, and Cabot comes in, knocking the door, and she tells him that the um, Mr. Macho's put Marty's sex life on trial, and she knows that um, that bastard's gonna beat this and stuff like that though, and 
And I mean, she's being victimized again because they won't bring her sex like they want to judge her over this. So, however, though, I mean, she was um when um Cabbage shouldn't have um she was afraid of being judged. You know, you know that Mr. Monsters was stalking her at the school, something like that. Though, I mean, I don't know, but Craigan gives her a pep talk saying, you know, um, as Manny did it. I mean, you don't know who gonna did it, something like that though. Some little advice that Craig gives the cabin and all that stuff though. And okay, so the next day the verdict comes out and um Benson stable are waiting outside the courthouse and Cabin's there. God comes out, gives Cabin the paper, and then one of the, the Benson stable asks, Did we get an indictment? And and it's and she says that she, yes though, so um, they get, and it says that he he found guilty, and he being charged with man man one and he he get gets man one he get he gets man one instead of um instead of, instead of um um murder two something like that though, and Messon Stable aren't happy about that though, they 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 they, they, they worried they, they can go for Marty's sex life. And she tells them that she listened, and um, and then they, they they listen and all that stuff though. So that's what they do. And she tells them that he, he they're not gonna and Benson was, was like he's not gonna get life. And ben, and then uh, Cabo was like fifteen or twenty five years to think about what he did. I'll take it. No, Benson and Stable aren't happy, and he just walked away, you know. But I mean, at least Cabin won and stuff like that. I mean. That, that asshole was guilty of um, killing the lady. I mean, he didn't use a gun or anything like that, though. He just killed her with a bare hands. That's like man. That's man one. Not second degree murder or something like that. I mean, he wasn't. He claims that he wasn't jealous because she was sleeping around other guys, you know. But um, she said he claimed he, she liked it rough, and she needed a fix. Please, yeah. Oh, please. But anyway, that was Tilly episode, and it turns out that the teacher was having sex with multiple men, not her students. But she's a freak; she's a sex addict, and it turns out that one of her partners killed her. So, and not the students. So that was a good episode. Now, um. Right now, I want to get into a serious topic over over here, right? Right. So I'm trying to figure out why they didn't air this episode of syndication. I mean, they just you ever heard about this network called My Net, My Network TV? They be doing running reruns on the Law and Order SVU, but they did not air episode um with season two, episode twelve, Secrets. Why they didn't put it on there? I'm trying to find out why is it why is it too to have too hot for my network TV or something like that though. I mean they they usually the USA usually runs the episode rarely you know season two episode twelve and I on television, but why did the episode wasn't put on like in the syndication run or or syndication cycle or something like that I don't know which which I don't know what you would call it but I mean. Why I'm trying to figure out why didn't why did why didn't air this episode in um in um 
which girl, I forgot the big word of I mean in circulation in other words. That's the one I is though. But USA and Ion TV they had no problem. So why I wanna try and figure out why my network TV didn't air the the SVU episodes called Secrets. Yeah, something to do with sex or something X-rated or something like that. I don't know. Maybe Mind Network TV is a family-friendly thing. Tell me about it. Why they didn't put it on there? Why they put? Why they didn't put it in circulation? Hmm. It's one of one of them rare episodes. I don't know what it is though. I don't know what it is. So anyway, let me give out one thing. You know, um, I gotta admit though that um, when I was a teenager in high school, I fantasized about this one teacher. And this is this, um, this math teacher I remember called Miss Tyranny. But um, hopefully, you know, I had, uh, I fantasized about her, you know, I mean, I've been talking to her and all that stuff. I mean, I mean, I even had a dream about her. She was playing basketball topless. But anyway, but I was just a kid back then, you know, I just want to say that I'm, I'm really sorry, but. I was I was a teenager and I'm trying to grow up learning about women and sexual relationships. I mean, and however though it's like the um, she was um and she attended my high school back in 1992 and then she stayed there for like one year and then she left. But I, I admit though I did fantasize about her. You know, I mean I was just young and um, but I didn't make my I did not make my moves on there. I just fantasized about her. I never went forward for that though. So, I just want to put it out there, you know. But that I was want to say that if you're listening, I apologize. You know, I was just young back then, right? And um, so I mean, it's a fantasy. I mean, I I didn't start dating. I didn't start dating till like when I was like nineteen. You know, I mean, and um. And, you know, relationship with women, you know, I be having sexual experience coming in late, late, stuff like that, you know, because sometimes you're trying to hook up with a woman and then she play games on you and stuff like that. Well, based on my experience. So I just learned this from my family, you know. And sometimes, and there's, you know, I mean, I just pray to the Lord to send me a right one. That's all it is, though. Oh, yeah, by the way, I also wanted to let you know about these, um, sex sexual hookups right sometimes i just want to let you know sometimes though it could be a scam though because all they knew they were trying to rob you want your money or try to set you up though so based on my experience though there was this met this lady from social media i'm not gonna give it away and then she said she wanted to hook up for some money and stuff like that though but however though though she wants me to send her money to PayPal instead of paying the money up front. So right away, I realized it's a scam, though. I mean, but I wanted to let you know, guys, do not do it. I don't fall for that nonsense. And me, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not thinking about having no sexual hookups. You know, I mean, I'm looking for like a relationship thing, though. You know. But somehow, however, if a woman tries to, like, if a woman is, like, uh, in love with me, so I'll just take it, you know? But I just want to say is that so we deal with them dating scams and stuff like that, though, be very careful and be aware. 
Because they out to get your money. They trying to rob your ass, though. They're not trying to hook up with you, though. They want to take your damn money and make you live here like a sucker. So, beware of these dating and sexual hookup sites, though. If, if, um, if a woman says that you got to send her the money instead of paying up front, don't do it. As a matter of fact, don't even pay women for sex at all because you're treating her a girl like a prostitute, man. So, I'm just going to say, yo, guys, do not do it, though. Just when you go on these dating sites, just don't send no woman no money because it's a scam. All right. Now, okay, so, and with that, though, I'm going to end the show right here. And with that, I'm going to end the show right here. So, um... Next week, though, we're going to go deal with um, episode 35 of the um, Twisted. And guess what? Eric Roberts is going to be on that episode. You know, you know, Julie Roberts' daughter. So um, we're going to talk about that. So um, I just want to say thank you for listening in and then we're listening to SVU and, and you know, you know rewatching old episodes of Law and Order SVU or stuff like that, though. So it's like, it's like trip down memory lane. I mean, the stereo series is still going and all that stuff. So, and so this is um, Brian B.D. Rose. You can find me on Spotify. My show is on every Monday. And you can find me on the um, Anchor FM and, you know, the website, WordPress. And uh, I think Google Podcasts and all the sites available. So I'm going to show disturbing my show. And I also wanted to let you know, I was thinking about bringing in Neil Bear for an interview because I want him on my show. So I'm going to give you details probably next on my next show next week. So this is BD Rose. This is next week. And this, is, this, is, this has been Twisted, a Law & Order SVU podcast broadcasting from my house. This show has been recorded.